Chapter 5a Beta of The Phenomenology of Mind, Volume 1, by George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, translated by James Black Bailey. Chapter 5a Beta The Observation of Self Consciousness in Its Pure Form and in Its Relation to External Reality. Logical and Psychological Laws. Translator's Note Observation can be directed upon the self-conscious process of mind in two ways. It may consider the mind's thinking relation to reality, and it may consider the mind's active or biotic relation to reality. The result of observation here, as in the foregoing case, finds expression in a number of laws which it frames. The laws in the first case are laws of thought or connected logical laws. In the latter case we have laws of psychic events, psychological laws. The analysis in this section shows the inadequacy of observation as such to deal with its material in both cases. It fails in the first case because 1. Laws of thought have no meaning apart from the reality with which thought is necessarily concerned. Laws of thought are laws of thinking, and thinking is both form and content. 2. Observation gives each law an absolute being of its own as if it were detached from the unity of self-consciousness, whereas this unity is the fundamental principle of each and all the laws which only exist in and by the single process of that unity. Hence a type of logic confined to observing laws of thought is necessarily untrue. Observation again fails in the second case because it is impossible to separate mind from its total environment. Observational or empirical psychology, therefore, is incapable of giving an adequate account of mind, and the constitution of the environment enters into, and in part determines, the constitution of the psychic events, and the latter cannot be explained even as events without interpreting the former at the same time. End of translator's note. Observation of nature finds the notion realised in inorganic nature, laws whose moments are things which at the same time are in the position of abstractions. But this notion is not a unity reflected into itself. The life of organic nature, on the other hand, is just this condition of self-reflected simplicity. The opposition within itself, in the sense of the opposition of universal and individual, does not make its appearance in the essential nature of life itself, with one factor apart from the other. The essential reality is not the genus self-sundered and self-moved in its undifferentiated element, and remaining at the same time for itself undifferentiated in its opposition. Observation finds this free notion whose universality has just as absolutely within it developed individuality only in the notion which itself exists as a notion, i.e. in self-consciousness. Since observation now turns in upon itself and directs itself on the concrete notion as a free notion, it finds to begin with the laws of thought. This kind of individuality, which thought in itself is the abstract moment of the negative, a moment returned entirely to the condition of abstract simplicity, and the laws are outside reality. To say they have no reality means ordinarily nothing else than that they are without any truth. They are intended to be, too, not indeed entire truth, but still formal truth. But what is purely formal without reality is an ens intellectus, or an empty abstraction without the internal distinction which would be nothing else but the content. On the other hand, however, since they are laws of pure thought, while the latter is the inherently universal and thus a kind of knowledge which immediately contains being and therein all reality, these laws are absolute notions 
and are at one and the same time the essential principles of form as well as of things since self-directing self-moving universality is the simple notion in a state of diremption this notion has in the manner a content in itself and one in which is all content though not sensuous not a being of sense it is a content which is neither in contradiction with the form nor altogether separated from it rather it is essentially the form itself for the latter is nothing but the universal dividing itself into pure moments in the way in which this form or content however comes before observation qua observation it gets the character of a content that is found given i e one which merely is it becomes a passively existing centre of relations a multitude of detached necessities which as a definitely fixed content are to have truth just as they stand with their specific characteristic and thus in point of fact are withdrawn from the form this absolute truth of fixed characteristics or of a plurality of different laws contradicts however the unity of self-consciousness contradicts the unity of thought and form in general what is declared to be a fixed and inherently constant law can be merely a moment of the self-referring self-reflecting unity can come on the scene merely as a vanishing element when rescued however by the process of considering them from the movement imposing this continuous connection and when restated individually and separately it is not the content that they lack for they have specific content they lack rather the form which is their essential nature in point of fact it is not for the reason that they have to be merely formal and are not any content that these laws are not the truth of thought it is rather for the opposite reason it is because in their specific conditions simply as a content with the form removed they want to pass for something absolute in their true nature as vanishing moments in the unity of thought they would have to be taken as knowledge or as thinking processes but not as laws of knowledge observing however neither is nor knows that knowledge itself observation transforms its nature into the shape of an objective being i e apprehends its negative character merely as laws of knowledge it is sufficient for our purpose here to have demonstrated the invalidity of the so-called laws of thought from the general nature of the case it falls to speculative philosophy to go more intimately and fully into the matter and there they show themselves to be what in truth they are single vanishing moments whose truth is simply the whole of the thinking process the process of knowledge itself this negative unity of thought exists for its own sake or rather it is just that condition of being for itself and on its own account the principle of individuality and in its reality it is acting function of consciousness consequently the mental attitude of observation will be the, by nature the cause to be led towards this as being the reality of those laws of thought since this connection is not a fact for observation the latter supposes that thought with its laws remains standing separately on one side and that on the other side it obtains another objective being in what is now the object observed viz that acting consciousness which exists for itself in such a way as to cancel otherness and to find its reality in this direct awareness of itself as the negative in the active practical reality of consciousness observation thus finds opened up before it a new field psychology contains the collection of laws in virtue of which the mind takes up different attitudes towards the different forms of its reality given and presented to it in a condition of otherness the mind adopts these various attitudes partly with a view to receiving these modes of its reality into itself 
and conforming to these habits customs and ways of thinking it thus comes across as being that wherein mind is reality and as such object to itself partly with a view to knowing its own spontaneity activity in opposition to them to follow the bent of its own inclinations affections and emotions and to carry off thence what is merely the particular and a special moment for itself and thus make what is objective conform to itself in the former it behaves negatively towards itself as a single and individual mind in the latter it negatively towards itself as the universal being in the former aspect independence or self-dependence gives what is met with merely the form of consciousness individuality in general and as regards the content remains within the general reality given in the second aspect however it gives the reality at least a certain special modification which does not contradict its essential content or even a modification by which the individual qua particular reality and peculiar content sets itself against the general reality this opposition becomes a form of wrongdoing when the individual cancels that reality in a merely particular manner or when it does so in a manner that is general and thus for all when it puts another world another right law and custom in place of those already there the observational psychology which in the first instance states what observation finds regarding the general forms brought to its notice in the active functioning consciousness discovers all sorts of facilities inclinations and passions and since while narrating what this collection contains the remembrance of the unity of self-consciousness is not to be suppressed observational psychology is bound to get the length at least of wonderment that such a lot and such a miscellany of things can happen to be somehow alongside one another in the mind as a kind of bag more especially where they are seen to be not lifeless things but restless active processes in telling over these various facilities observation keeps to universal aspect the unity of these multifarious capacities is the opposite aspect to universality it is the actual concrete individuality to take up again the different concrete individualities and to describe how one man has more inclination for this the other for that and how one has more intelligence than the other all this is however something much more interesting than even to reckon up the species of insects mosses and so on for these latter give the observation the right to take them as thus individually and disconnectedly because they belong essentially to the sphere of fortuitous detailed particulars to take conscious individuality on the other hand as a particular phenomenal entity and to treat it in so wooden a fashion is self-contradictory because the essential nature of individuality lies in the universal element of mind since however the process of apprehending it causes at the same time to pass into the form of universality to apprehend it is to find its law and seems in this way to have a rational purpose in view and a necessary function to fulfil the moments constituting the content of the law are on the one an individuality itself on the other its universal inorganic nature viz the given circumstances situation habits customs religion and so forth from these the determinate individuality is to be understood and comprehended they contain something specific determinate as well as universal and are at the same time something lying at hand which furnishes material for observation and on the other side expresses itself in the form of individuality the law of this relation of the two sides has now to contain and express the sort of effect and influence these determinate circumstances exert on individuality 
this individuality however just consists both in being the universal and hence in passively and directly assimilating and blending with the given universals the customs habits etc thus becoming conformed to them as also in taking up an aptitude of opposition towards them and thus transforming and transmuting them and again in behaving towards them in its individual character with complete indifference neither allowing them to exert an influence over it nor setting itself actively against them on that account what is to have an influence on individuality the sort of influence it is to have which properly speaking means the same thing depends entirely on individuality itself consequently to say that this individuality has become this specifically determinate individuality means nothing else than saying that it has been this all along circumstances situations customs and so on which show themselves on one side as something given and on the other as within this specific individuality reveal merely their own indeterminate nature which is not the point under consideration if these circumstances style of thought customs the whole state of the world in short had not been then assuredly the individual would not be what he is for all the individuals that find a place in this state of the world go to constitute this universal substance for what it is the way in which the condition of the world becomes particularized in any given individual however and such an individual has to be understood and comprehended could have been no other than the way in which it particularizes itself in a determinate universal and this determinate form alone could have operated on the individual as it does only so could it have made the individual the specific particular individual he is if the external element is so constituted in and for itself as it appears in individuality the latter would be comprehended from the nature of the former we should have a double gallery of pictures one which should be the reflection of the other the one the gallery of external circumstances completely encompassing circumscribing determining the individual the other the same gallery translated into the form in which those circumstances are the conscious individual the former the spherical influence the latter the centre reflectively representing that surface within it but the spherical surface the world for the individual carries on it the face of this double meaning it is in and for itself the actual world and situation and is the world of the individual it is the world of the individual either in so far as this individual could merely be fused and blended with it and had let that world just as it is pass into its own nature and had taken up towards it merely the attitude of a formal consciousness or on the other hand it is the world of the individual in the sense in which the given has been transformed and transmuted by that individual since reality is capable of having this twofold meaning on account of this freedom of the individual the world of the individual is only to be understood from the individual himself and the influence of reality upon the individual a reality which is represented as having a being all its own and und für sich receives through the individual absolutely the opposite significance the individual either lets the stream of reality flowing in upon it have its way or breaks off and diverts the current of the influence in consequence of this however psychological necessity becomes an empty phrase so empty that there is the absolute possibility that what should have had this influence could equally well have not had it herewith drops out of account that existence which was to be something all by itself and was meant to constitute one aspect and that the universal aspect of a law individuality is what its world in the sense of its own world is individuality itself is the cycle of its own action 
in which it has presented and established itself as reality and is simply and solely a unity of which was given and of what is constructed a unity whose aspects do not fall apart as in the idea of psychological law into a world given per se and an individuality existing for itself or if those aspects are thus considered each by itself there is no necessity to be found between them and no law of their relation to one another end of chapter five a section beta recording by morris in aldi bedfordshire